You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 195, day two of Philadelphia Eagles training camp is in the books. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. How you doing, buddy? Hanging in there? A little tired? Enthusiastic yo to start the podcast, despite the fact that you are tired, Jimmy. I am uh, tired. Yeah, I'm tired, which is obviously speaks to how weak and... Uh, pathetic we are because <laughs> exactly. the players who are actually <laughs> practicing should be way more tired than we are. Exactly. Consider we're just standing on a sideline and taking notes. But I think, you know, it is mentally, you know, a lot because we're trying to keep track of a lot of things in our heads. But uh, no one f- should feel bad for us. That's not what people are here for, Jimmy. They're here for the <laughs> right. great training camp practice notes and observations that we have. And we'll get to those in a second. But first, let me tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which obviously sponsors BGN Radio. And you can go to RighteousFelon.com to get the best dang uh, jerky snacks you can get out there. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Same discount code at WildNaturePet.com for 15% off dog treats. Jimmy, where do we start today? Yeah, so I figured uh, on these podcasts going forward, Brandon and I each have our practice notes that we write uh, after each practice, and uh, I didn't read his today. He happened to not read mine today, so we're just going to bat it back and forth. Uh, we'll take turns sort of going through what we thought were the most you know worthy things to talk about on the podcast, but we'll take turns going back and forth. So my first thing, were you inviting me to go first? Is that what that was? Yes. All right. So my first thing is uh, I think we had our first sort of movement in the Andre Dillard, Jordan Mailata uh, training camp battle for the starting job at left tackle. And I think that Jordan Mailata has gotten out to a quick lead on Mr. Dillard. Uh, not so much for really anything that Mailata did. I think Mailata's actually played pretty well so far, but uh, Dillard had a rough day, man. Like, especially in one-on-ones. I know that you were watching the uh, the seven-on-sevens while the O-line, D-line were doing one-on-ones and also kind of keeping an eye on that at the same time. Uh, I was just honed in on the uh, offensive line, defensive line, uh, one-on-ones. And Dillard had two really bad reps. Actually, the only two reps that I saw him take were really bad. Like Josh Sweat got the edge on him. And uh, uh, all Dillard could do was kind of wrap his arm around Sweat's neck. Clear clear holding call. Um, and it looked bad. And then uh, a little bit later during that session, uh, Derek Barnett, you know, sort of faked an outside rush. Uh, Dillard overset to the outside and Barnett had a nice move back inside and just dusted him. And then during uh, 11 on 11s, um, Dillard uh, was going up against Barnett again. Barnett got the edge on him and Dillard basically just tackled him. Like it was the easiest flag to throw ever. And there was another play where um, I didn't see this. So uh, I happened to be talking to Jeff McLean on the sideline and he mentioned that 
uh, Teron Jackson had beaten Dillard. And uh, after that play, you know, Dillard, had, when Dillard's, when Dillard's uh, reps were over and the second team came in, he's like on a knee uh, on the sideline looking a little despondent and <laughs> people are coming over and uh, consoling him. So, you know, like kind of give him like, an, you know, you know, an attaboy, come on, like stay with it kind of deal. So uh, again, like not Dillard, not off to a good start. I thought last camp he was like, he wasn't horrible, but. As you and I mentioned uh, during that camp, and and I think we even mentioned it uh, recently on one of the pod episodes, there's the one rep. I mean, you don't want to make too much of one rep, but it was so bad that like you know, pretty much everyone wrote about it where Joe Osman just you know bull rushed him. Joe Osman being a, a smaller edge rusher for the Eagles, uh, if you'd even call him that. And just – I mean just just – basically chucked him uh back into Carson Wentz, landed on Carson Wentz's like leg, his leg kind of bent awkwardly. And it was a play that just everyone saw, everyone wrote about. And um, you know, but otherwise I thought his camp was like, you know, sort of up and down, but he's off to a bad start so far in, in this camp. And uh it, like I said, I'd have Jordan Mylata in the early lead. The way he got cooked Barnett, by Barnett too in one on one still are now uh I would say that's concerning too, right? Because like you know Andre Dillard struggles against the bull rush. We all know that. And against power, like that's mm-hmm. an obvious concern. But like the thing he's supposed to be good at is being super – well, he is very athletic. Yeah. Like that's supposed to be his calling card. So for him to just get like cooked and kind of, you know, obviously maybe the technique wasn't right or whatever. But for him to, you know, theoretic to lose a battle he theoretically should be able to win or is, is, is his stronger suit, like that's pretty concerning. You mentioned the holding things. Um, yeah, I think – it's not that I've necessarily noticed my Lada be like especially awesome or anything, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen him struggle and I have seen Andre Dillard struggle. So yeah. And we should know if you didn't already say that it was uh, Jordan Mylata who got the first crack at the first team. Right. Left today. Rep yes. today. Although Dillard did rotate in, but I think it was like kind of like yesterday where ultimately I would say my Lada still seemed to get more overall. Now, Jimmy, you are forgetting. I did see Andre Dillard, shut down Milton Williams playing oh, defensive okay. end. So, so there's that. But, I mean, obviously not really the highest bar to clear. Oh, and 11 on 11s. Yes, I saw that rep too. Yeah. When they were they were in the 3-4. One, one quick thing I'll add, by the way, when you mentioned like it's concerning that he got beat with speed. But that's the problem like with not being able to anchor against power is that you overcompensate for that. And when you overcompensate for, you know, having that deficiency, not being able to, to block power, then you're going to get beaten with speed around the edge and on counters to the inside. And that's exactly what happened to him during the 2019 season. When, like, it wasn't just all power rushes that, that he got beaten by that year. Like, he got beaten with speed around the edge, too, because he was overcompensating. You know, not that I'm like some kind of offensive line guru who <laughs> ever played the position or anything like that. But uh, it, it is uh, something that does happen to guys that uh, do struggle against uh, power and it just affects their whole game and, and can kind of be like a career killer if you can't get it fixed. So uh, yeah, uh, not an encouraging start for, for number 77. Let's stay in the trenches here, Jimmy, and quickly note that Brandon Brooks left practice early Mm -hmm. uh, after I believe the first team set of drills. Now, obviously he didn't look like super injured or anything. He was walking on his own power. He did go to the trainer's tent with a trainer. He was in there for a little bit. He was then, he walked back into the Novacare complex, and after practice, we were told that he the the description of the injury or whatever how the Eagles said it was what like precautionary. Uh, uh yeah, pre- I have it written here actually. Let me find that real quick. So it's a hamstring. Exactly issue, where it is. Precautionary evaluation is that's the term it they of, the, of his yeah. hamstring. Yeah, precautionary so, evaluation of his hamstring. 
So obviously doesn't seem major, you know, knock on wood, hopefully it isn't, but like, you know, at least a little concerning to see that, you know, for Brandon Brooks, who's had dealt with a lot of injuries. Mm -hmm. And also, by the way, you know, Isaac Smalo isn't out there either. Like you want this offensive line to be out there as much as they can kind of not that these guys have never played together because a lot of them obviously have, but still, you know, it's been a while for some of them. Like Brooks hasn't been in the field in a couple of years. It'd be nice to kind of get the timing back and everything, especially playing in a new offense. So I don't think it's the end of the world, but it's it's like, it's not ideal. Need her big filling in, by the way, at left guard for Isaac Sayamalo. I don't know if we mentioned that yesterday, but yeah, uh, that's, that's, yeah, I think we did. And then uh, Matt Pryor uh, filling yeah. in at right guard for Brandon Brooks when he left, which, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know what the, I don't know what they, they still see in Matt Pryor, but uh, I, I think uh, Sue Opeta is, is the better, uh, you know, next guy up for who they have available, in my opinion. I might as well be podcasting with Bo Wolf. Um, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to start also, uh, praising Elijah Riley next. Also sticking in the trenches, Jimmy, uh, we talked about Derek Barnett. Uh, he's looked pretty good in camp so far. Mm-hmm. Him Bo- and Josh Sweat both. And it was kind of the same deal as Mylotta and Dillard as uh, Sweat and Barnett today, meaning that whereas Josh Sweat got the first crack of the first team reps yesterday, Wednesday, it was Derek Barnett today. On Thursday, uh, but they still rotated in. So uh, I think both players are looking pretty good. And after practice, uh, Jonathan Gannon actually said that he views both of those players as starters. So I think that's significant. It seems like, and well, it is significant because the past, the, the former defensive coordinator talked about how he loved Derek Barnett so right. much that his you know daughters had his jerseys and whatever. And I think it was clear that. Barnett was not only ahead of Sweat, but like significantly ahead. But now it seems like it's almost like a 50-50 kind of deal there. Well, it's interesting that Sweat got the first crack, like you said, uh, on on the first day. So I don't know what to make of that. But um, I I think Sweat outplayed Barnett last year. And on merit, I think that's fair. And as far as Barnett goes, you mentioned this uh, on a recent pod and even last year and and whatever. But like we expected uh, Derek Barnett to have his first – you know, going into training camp healthy year uh, last year since his rookie year in 2017. And that didn't happen. Like he was a surprise injury when we got to camp on, on day one last year and this year, uh, not so much the case. So he's, he's healthy and um, he has sort of a fresh slate this year and um, he's getting paid a lot of money. Like he's making over 10 million on the fifth year option and he's got a lot to prove. And we mentioned in the last episode that, you know, he, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a competition between those guys in terms of like, who's going to start because like Gannon said, they're both going to they both, he thinks of both of them as starters and they're probably going to get like a similar number of reps at that right defensive end spot, but they are kind of sort of competing for the attention of the front office and uh, you know, who is going to get that contract extension uh, done first and, and who's going to get more money from the team and who do they prioritize. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, uh, those two guys are, are something to watch going forward. And by the way, um, sorry, I'll just keep it right with the trenches here too. Did you have anything more to add on, on Barnett and Sweat before I move on? Okay. So uh, the guy that I think that has stood out, one of the young players along the trenches, like Milton Williams got has gotten like a lot of uh, pub early on, but Teron Jackson looks pretty good. The uh, rookie six round pick, like he had one play, like when I watched him in college, you know, what I came away and he's a guy that like I profile even during the season. Like I thought he'd be a good fit for their defense, but what he is is like sort of like a hustle guy that, you know, is kind of like a good hand fighter, but doesn't have ideal uh, size, 
length or like or like ideal like athleticism but he was productive at coastal carolina i thought he'd kind of be like a guy that could you know you mix in you're going to get 100 effort out of that guy but in one-on-ones he had this one play against i want to say it was casey tucker where he got low on his dip like around the edge i didn't see anything like that out of him in college but he, he had a nice low dip and bend around the edge and it's like whoa where did that come from and uh he's he's and like i mentioned earlier uh again i didn't see this play during practice today but uh as i said jeff mcclain had told me that you know teron uh uh jackson jackson had beaten um taron jackson had beaten uh andre diller during uh the 11 on 11 session so you know that's a guy that that kind of has my attention and is going to be on my radar going forward Brandon Graham said back in like spring drills or so that the young defensive linemen were really impressing him. And again, never know what to really make of that because Brandon Graham <laughs> would be one to like gas up his teammates even if probably they weren't looking amazing. If he was talking Eternally to positive guy. But I think there, like, he might not just be totally BSing there. He might be like, that might be real. There might be something to that based on what we're seeing from Teron Jackson early in practice. So that's interesting. Um, I want to stick with the defense for a little bit, Jimmy. A couple quick things. I mean, I think it was interesting that Davion Taylor seems to be linebacker number one on (laughs) the team right now because it was (laughs) TJ Edwards who replaced Eric Wilson, which is pretty surprising because I thought that was going to be like – I saw Edwards in the defense today before I saw uh, Davion Taylor still out there, and I had assumed that, okay, Eric Wilson is still on the field and TJ Edwards isn't there in place of Davion Taylor. Now, again, it's the second day. We'll see if these rotations change because they have been rotating heavily. Um, So – uh, save your thoughts on that because I also wanted to mention that it was Marcus Epps mm-hmm. Pepsi, back with the first team. And unlike kind of the Mylotta, Dillard, mm-hmm. Sweat, Barnett dynamic, I'm pretty sure I saw like only Epps with the first team defense, at least at first. I did see Wallace back there later in a separate session, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. Within that session, it wasn't like they were rotating like the other guys were. So kind of thought that was a little interesting. Do you have any thoughts on those defensive depth chart updates well Kayvon got the whole day yesterday and i guess just that maybe that's just sort of like a okay. positional co- like uh, maybe just the positional coaches are rotating them how however they want and that's just how the defensive backs coach uh rotated them as opposed to the way that statlin is is rotating dillard and my lot they kind of have some you know that's sort of their own free reign in that i don't know but um it is interesting that like that Wallace and Epps got you know have split snaps. Barnett and Sweat have you know they've shuttled back and forth, and then of course Dillard and Mylata. But Davion Taylor hasn't switched out with anyone, so yes, I guess you yeah. might, like that is interesting that uh, that they're getting him a lot. Of, and you know what they should really they should be getting him as many reps as they can because he like when I did I did a, a sort of a deep dive look at him and the, he only played like. I don't know, like under a hundred snaps during the season, but he's a player that like, if you're going to unlock his potential, you got to get him reps and you don't want to be in a situation where you're playing him during a game just to get him reps, but he's so bad that he's unplayable. So now's the time to get him as many reps as he can, as you can and to try to get him up to speed because he does have potential. They did spend a high pick on him. So like, wow, we kind of like, you know, kind of go, oh, how he's playing all these guys that he drafted early, like JJ and Davion Taylor and Andre Dillard. And like, you know, we can say that, but at the same time, like they did use those picks on these guys and you do want to get, at least give them a chance to, to show what they can do in this league. And I think it is smart that he's getting a lot of reps early on. 
well, especially in a year again, where it's not like all in, win, you know. It's right, like, right. It's not just like play the best player no matter what. <laughs> right, it's like, right. No, we have to find some long term answers here. Yes. So I think that's when people like kind of disagree about the transition year thing. I think that's what we're kind of talking about too here. Where like it's not, it's about finding answers this year. It's not just about trying to win a championship. Um, so I agree with that. Um, I guess switching over to the offense, Jimmy, or actually, no, let's take a quick break here because we're halfway through or maybe ideally <laughs> with, <laughs> we'll see. with what these should be. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll take a quick break right here. Obviously, check out Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors. Check out um, uh, Righteous Hongcraft Jerky, discount code BGN15. And Jimmy, back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, I want to talk about a couple offensive observations I had, Jimmy, starting with Jalen Hurts, who maybe we should have mentioned earlier, but I thought he had a better day today. I don't think he was like lights out amazing. Um, I did see him have an overthrow at one point on Zach Hurts, which is pretty bad, but a couple throws that stood out um, from him for me were when he was rolling left at one point, and obviously he's right-handed, and he hit J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, pretty good throw. Mm-hmm. Um, he was scrambling to the left. Another throw, which was the play of the day, and I don't think you actually saw, and spoiler alert, this is my play of the day pick when we get to that segment at the end of the podcast, but it's too you know uh, like relevant to not mention now, Yes, is he, Jalen Hurts, dropped back on 7-on-7. Seven seven. 
I actually thought like the the ball might not be complete because I saw him like double clutch it at one point, and I was like, oh no, I don't love that. It almost reminds me of Car- how Carson Wentz would do that sometimes. Like just let it rip, man. But he did let it rip eventually, and it got out, and it was right on the target to Devontae Smith. He put enough air under it where the receiver could get it, and Devontae Smith cleanly burned Steven Nelson. So that was really good to see. A lot of the fans, of course, like that. A lot of people on Twitter, you know, all the retweets for any kind of Devontae Smith is doing well, uh, and Jalen Hurts is throwing to him tweet. So that was exciting to see. Uh, the thing I wanted to note there and I put in my practice notes, Jimmy, I, I don't want to make everything about comparing Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Wentz isn't here, whatever. But, like, to be honest, when Carson Wentz would throw those balls, especially last year, like, you didn't have complete confidence that that throw wasn't going to be overthrown. Right, right. We, we saw Carson Wentz struggle with that. With Jalen Hurts, I have more of a confidence when it's a deep ball that like, he is going to complete it. Because as I've said before, I think he puts nice touch on those. I think he allows the receivers to run under them and actually get to it instead of like totally just overshooting them. Yeah, he wasn't accurate last year, but I thought he did throw a, a nice deep ball on occasion. Uh, you know, when he when he had his opportunities in those four games last year. But I did catch the end of that play, and um, like so, whenever they throw deep at all in a practice, like you'll hear the the crowd kind of go, "Ooh, like you hear something." And I turned to see what I was missing, and I did see the ball come down and like hit Devontae like right in stride. By the way, he smoked. Uh, yeah. It was Steven Nelson and uh, Kayvon Wallace in coverage on that. Yep. And he had a good like two yards of separation on those guys on that deep ball. Yep. So, um, and it wasn't like, like a broken play. Like he just beat him. And I'd been asked um, previously about Devontae Smith's speed. And, you know, we don't have a time on him because he didn't run at the combine. He didn't run at his pro day because he didn't need to because he's awesome. And he won the Heisman Trophy and he's, and he's like one of the most decorated college players ever. And uh, so he didn't do all that. And so, so I guess there's a question on what his actual time speed is. Well, let me tell you, he can run. Like, don't worry about it. He is fast. He can run uh, in addition to the other, you know, obvious things that he does well, like run routes and catch passes and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, uh, interesting start for him like a day ago. Um, you know, debatable whether he had one or two drops, but, um, you know, he wasn't happy with his performance day one. I think he's probably a lot happier with his performance in day two. And by the way, on Jalen Hurts, um, again, like I thought he kind of struggled the first day and I thought he got out to like a little bit of a shaky start, uh, on day two, but, um, he, once he got going, he started playing a lot better. He also hit uh, giant. I don't know. I, I can't. Remember, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but he hit John Hightower on a, what turned into a long on a long catch and run. Uh, so that was a nice uh, throw by by Jalen Hurts as well. So he Jalen Hurts made plays today, which was uh, you know encouraging to see after again sort of like an up and down start. So um, yeah, I wouldn't say that like I love what I've seen out of Jalen Hurts so far. Yeah, but he's he's trending in the right direction. And by the way, like right. first two practices, it doesn't matter. Like. It's the offense is usually going to look sloppy early on. The defense usually is going to have the upper hand uh, as they did yesterday, but I thought it, it was evened out a little bit more today. I don't know if I buy that, by the way. I mean, no? if you okay. say it and you believe it, like, I, I just don't know. Like, is that, that seems very like anecdotal to me. Maybe it's true, but like, I don't know. I feel like that's just something sometimes people say, and it could be true. I don't there's know. There's logic to, me, to it though. Cause like there's, there's less of, cause with offense, there's a lot of timing involved where there, it's yeah. less of that on defense. I don't know. I don't know if I fully even agree with that, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, it's it's just it doesn't have to be. I don't have to be right. I could be wrong. It's okay. fine. I just like in it's it's what about it's about what I feel, Jimmy. It's not All necessarily right. about uh, knowing. Anyway, uh, yeah. So 
the let's keep it. Let's say, keep it on my receivers. Or do you want to do, do you have more? I want to just touch on Devontae real quick and say okay. that I think I've said this before, but to me, he's not a burner. Like he's not a guy that you see like just sprint by someone, and it looks like you know, like the way that Deshaun is. To me, he's a right. glider. Like he just gracefully just like is suddenly behind the defender. It's not like he's like even showing like a lot of effort to do it. It's just like, happens. right. Right. And, you know, right. I feel like the defensive back is almost like confused. I was like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, I didn't like see him totally just smoke me, but now he's behind me. It's yeah. like deceptive. I, I like it. So um, it's just an aesthetic thing, or at least in my mind. So I like to see that. Um, what else did you have at wide receiver? So Jalen Rager is, uh, oh, yeah. was limited for the second day in a row um, with the way the Eagles classified it was lower body tightness. Uh, after practice, Jeff McLean put out uh, an article uh, that was sourced and that uh, he had failed uh, his conditioning test. Um, and part of the reason for that, as the explanation was given in, in McLean's piece, was that uh, he had a close friend was murdered. Um, so that has been weighing on him and his mind uh, over the last I, I forget. I don't. What did it say? Did the article say? Cause I read it very quickly before we, uh, before <laughs> before we recorded. Did it say how long ago that happened? I didn't see all of it yet. So again. So yeah, I mean, like uh, you feel for Jalen Rager uh, sure. and and what he's going through. I've never lost, you know, a really close friend like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, and you're a lot older than him. You know, <laughs> yeah. Than, so him being a 22 year old person. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's gotta be really difficult on, on him and, you know, his family and all his other friends that were friends with this, with this person. So, you know, it's, it's a tough situation. Uh, at the same time, you'd prefer that, you know, he not fail a conditioning test. Uh, I don't know, you know, how much the mental aspect of that weighs into physically not being able to, do what I don't know what exactly the Eagles asked, uh, you know, asked their wide receivers to do in terms of uh, conditioning test. But um, it's a really important camp for Jalen Rager because you know he's coming off the disappointing rookie season, and uh, there are a lot of things that he didn't do well that he did better in college, like you know getting yards after catch and and making plays down the field. And we just didn't see much of that in his rookie season. So there's a lot of areas where he can improve. And he he just hasn't been like he has, hasn't taken any competitive reps yet. So um, you know I think from from the way that I view that is you know you give him some time and and you let him uh, sort of get over the not get over but you, you give him time to to grieve the loss of his friend. But uh, at some point you know he, he's he, he's gonna you know he's he's gonna have to take these competitive reps and uh, and and show that he can improve in year two. Yeah, it's what we said yesterday. Like, it's just not the ideal start. It doesn't mean that he can't come back to practice sometime right, soon right. and start lighting it up and have a great camp. And then, like, this little, like, slow start will be a blip on the radar and we'll forget about it. Doesn't mean that, but, like, it's just not the start you want to see. You know, like, it's it's kind of almost hard to imagine if you're just talking about vibes. Like, okay, this is the year Jalen Rager, like, really breaks out. Like, you know, that situation looks like he comes into camp, he looks good from day one, and then he goes from there, you know, and that's not what we're seeing right now. So until we see, you know, more encouraging signs, then it's we're going to not be feeling super encouraged about his outlook. So we'll see if that changes. Should also mention that Dallas Goddard also failed his physical per Jeff McLean, and that kind of explains why we really haven't seen a lot of Dallas mm -hmm. Goddard. He's been practicing, but not like we haven't seen a ton of him in practice so far. So... The explanation that. on that was weird too, by the way. Like it wasn't it was. because he was out of shape. It was because he turned the wrong way when he was 
when he was executing whatever they were asking him to do, uh-huh. which is weird. Like, couldn't you just tell him, oh, do that over, but just turn the right way this time? It's, well, <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's a weird, it was a weird explanation. So I don't know what's going on there. But uh, yeah, again, um, you know, those two guys haven't been out there all that much. The other thing on offense that I had before, I think I'm good to get to the, our last section, Jimmy, um, is that I think Nick Mullins looks better than Joe Flacco. Okay. It's only two days, but I've been more impressed by him. I wonder uh, kind of about Nick Mullins' ability to throw outside the numbers because he doesn't look like he has the greatest arm. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw that kind of last year. Right. The Eagles played the 49ers uh, as well. But like you can almost see why Kyle Shanahan likes him because he can work the middle of the field not unlike Jimmy G and he's accurate. I think he he's really accurate on these throws. He fit. He gets it out quickly too. Gets it out quickly. Decisive. He had a number of completions over the the middle that were like, like not super easy passes in the terms of like, they were between defenders. Like he was like getting the ball into tight spaces, making really uh, good decisions and throws. So I like that with him. I haven't really seen anything, I guess like super awful from Flacco, but I haven't really seen anything good from him at all either. So like, I don't know. Obviously, I feel like I come into this conversation potentially biased because <laughs> I don't think the Joe Flacco signing was smart. But yeah. based on merit, like too, I just I really think I've been more impressed by Nick Mullins. Does this matter a ton? Maybe not because I think it's going to be Flacco anyway. Unfortunately, um, but you know we talked about Nick Mullins being on the roster bubble, and if he keeps looking good in camp, you know maybe they just keep him around. I don't know. I haven't watched them that closely because. I haven't cared. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I really just haven't cared much. Well, um, but say. it is something to watch because, you know, it is in theory uh, a, a camp battle of sorts, I guess. I mean, I think you and I both kind of agree that like Flacco is going to be given every opportunity and then some to be the backup quarterback because he got 3.5 million guaranteed. Whereas Nick Mullen has like the minimum mentor, the veteran veteran minimum uh and i don't i don't remember exactly how much of that is guaranteed but i assume not much so are you gonna cut a guy that's you're you're paying 3.5 million no matter what no like he's gonna make the team so i don't know uh it i I think that uh you know if that's pretty flacco is kind of like a near lock in my opinion to to win the number two job but um uh it is interesting it is going to be interesting to see if mullins can outplay him do you have any other observations before we get to one bit of news? Yes. Uh, so two things from the running back position. Uh, on Johnson had a run today where he made several cuts and I was standing next to Dave Zangaro and I like the word that he used for, he looked springy, he said. And uh, I agree with that. Um, yep. on Johnson has some knee concerns heading into this training camp. But it looks fine there. So um, I, I don't know. We'll see. And then uh, Jason Huntley had a long run. It was aided yeah. by a, a holding uh, call that it would have been Still. called. It would have been called back, which has nothing to do with his play. On, the, on and, but he looked fast. Like he looked. Yeah. He had legit speed on that play, and uh, that's why they claimed him off of waivers uh, from Detroit Lions last year. And this is the first opportunity that we're getting to actually watch him because he wasn't in Eagles camp last year. So, um, it, you know, interesting to see that. So that, that's all, that's the rest of what I have offensively. Jalen Hurts came over to Huntley after that play too. And he wasn't even on the field for that play. Like he was oh, on the okay. sideline he came over and he, uh, like did a little handshake celebration with Huntley. So that's, you know, nice little, yeah. little boost there for Huntley. And I think, Again, this is a guy, I was looking up his return stats recently. He returned like five touchdowns. He had mm-hmm. five kick return touchdowns in college. And he had like, a, I forget the average, but I think it was pretty high, maybe 30. It was really high. So, you know, 
if that's a guy who can give you a little bit something in offense and he's like looking good on kick returns in the preseason, like, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to find a way to maybe keep him around. Um, the bit of news to me that we had to get to is shortly before we started this podcast, the Eagles agreed to terms. I guess haven't officially announced it as last as I checked. We'll see. I don't think they can because the roster's full. Yeah, make it course. So they have to they have to cut yeah they cut somebody yeah. But uh, they signed Obi Melifonwu, who they actually um, brought in for a pre-draft visit Mm -hmm. all the way back in 2017. Obi was drafted that year as a second round pick, number 56 overall by the then Oakland Raiders, and uh, basically had a bunch of injuries. Only played five games for the Raiders. Then he got picked up by the Patriots in, I believe, 2018, and he only played like a game or two for them. Never really saw like meaningful playing time. Um, really interesting like profile of a player. He's almost 6'4". Uh, yeah, he's huge. super yeah. athletic. Yeah. Uh, Impressive. He's, spider, he's, he's a spider chart guy. He's a spider chart all-star. Spider <laughs> chart all-star. Um, he's like a, he's a mega spider. He's like Aragog and Harry, Harry Potter, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so interesting guy from that standpoint. I will say that he was w- with the Eagles in rookie minicamp as a tryout player, and I noticed at the time that they actually had him listed at cornerback back then instead of safety, so I think they m- might be changing positions for him, and maybe that's a reason to believe he like can show something now at a new position. Obviously, he's probably just a camp body more likely than not, but like if anything could inspire hope, maybe it's a position change. Do you have any thoughts on Obi? Jimmy. I would say he's more like the spider from the Simpsons where mm. Homer goes through sector seven B, I believe to escape the plant. And he says, uh, in order to avoid the spider's curse, simply quote a Bible verse. And then he goes, thou shalt not. And he doesn't know any Bible verses. So he picks up a rock and he throws it at the spider and the spider falls over and he runs by him. Uh, anyway, uh, he was actually, uh, Obi Melifano was actually a, uh, a, a tryout at, uh, yeah. At, I said this to me. Oh, you did. I'm, you're, I'm you're sorry. too busy on the. Spider I was worried about my spider, my, my Simpson yeah. spider. I was trying to think of it's what fine. the uh, <laughs> of, uh, the rhyme that. I, uh-huh. <laughs> I saw you hard at work there. It's fine. I covered it. We can move on. Um, Jimmy, let's get to our final segment. But he's he's a camp body. Let's let's be, let's yeah. be real about what he is. Yeah, but you know, I think there there could be even worse camp bodies. Like you know, sure. camp body that. Well, I mean, we thought probably Travis Wilgham though was a camp body at the time they added him. So you true. Know, like true. Non-zero percent chance he could do something. Thing, but you know probably like one percent so right on the low end but let's get to our mvp lvp and then play of the day pick starting with your mvp of today jimmy who would why you don't go you with? go first on mvp because i gotta figure that in my head i got the rest of them yeah oh i was actually wanting you to go first i had to figure it out in my head too um <laughs> all right well, well, well i'll give my lvp first and i think okay. that's easy it's andre dillard uh for all the sure. reasons i mentioned previously don't need to get into that any further I'm going to give myself honorable mention LVP because I didn't mention that Jannard Avery was running with the first team yesterday. I didn't see that. You know, this is oh, see. Okay. So he actually wasn't. I saw that again today. He's actually lined up outside over like a slot receiver, like way wide. Kind of, I think, as like the weak side linebacker because he was dropping in the coverage too. But I guess the Eagles can theoretically like rush him from that point too. Now he did have a defensive back behind him. It wasn't like he was like single, like they had him single covering a slot receiver, but like he was lining up over him. So I guess like, you know, the the option there is he could actually cover that guy in a short range or he again could go and rush the passer or whatever. So uh, honorable mention for me, but I think I do have to give it to Dillard now that you said it. It was just like to me, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the it's the biggest battle of camp. And he didn't look good. And sometimes I think it's, you know, like you go into the offseason with hope this player can improve. But my thing is sometimes players are just who they are. 
And I think we'd all, like, in theory, it'd be so nice if Andre Dillard was the first round pick, like that, that player of that caliber that you thought the Eagles were getting when they drafted him. But I'm just not seeing the signs of that. So I have to take him as the loser. And he has a lot to lose in the sense of he's not going to be like winning the starting left tackle job is a big deal. You know, that's, that's a yeah. big contract in the future and everything. Like him not getting this is a big deal. And he hasn't officially lost that battle just yet, but he was a loser today. So I'm putting there him there with you. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you have him under contract for another year in 2022. Then you can, you can exercise his fifth year option in 2023. Like he's, it'd be amazing if he were actually good. Like it'd be great for the team, but he just, I just don't see it. And I don't know that I over will. So, uh, my MVP. I'm going to go with only because there's, he's not going to have any other opportunities <laughs> more than likely. I'm going to go with Jason Huntley for his, uh, mm, for his wow. long run today. I thought he showed something. So, uh, Jason Huntley is my day two Eagles training camp MVP. I'm going to go with Devontae Smith because he had that <laughs> big reception. It was the play. Of the was day. it your guy yesterday too? No, he wasn't yesterday. Are you sure? I had, I had a really bad pick. I picked Miles Sanders yesterday. I mean, I don't regret it. Uh, conceptually, because I, I picked. Wait, Miles are you sure? Yes, I, I have it written down here, Jimmy. Well, yes, okay. okay. Was Devonte your play of the day then? Uh, yeah, but he was oh, not okay. my MVP. All right, difference. all right. All right. Um, well, he's so going to be your play of the day again then on day two. Oh yeah, he is. That's going to happen a lot. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Guess what? Um, but whatever, it's mine. So no one can do anything about it. This is my podcast. Um, not the listeners' podcast. No, I'm just kidding. It's a listeners' podcast. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Devonte. That was a really, it was a really big play. It was an awesome catch, and I think it was good to see that deep speed, like you said, like to see that because we, we know, we didn't know exactly what his time is. I mean. To beat Steven Nelson, who is like a good quarterback, yeah, he's a legit in the starter. NFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that was a really good rep, especially after having a bad day or not a great day on the first day. He turned it around. He didn't, you know, let that linger. So I'm gonna give it to Devontae. Yeah, it's clear that was the play of the day. Like, yeah. there's there's so, there's nothing else in contention. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that does it for the second edition, second episode of our daily Eagles training camp coverage here on beach Radio. make sure you rate review subscribe all of those good things don't miss an episode also you know leave a question in your review on apple Podcasts because if you do then we have to answer it even if we don't want to so uh do that and follow me on twitter at brandon gowton follow jimmy kemsky on twitter at jimmy kemsky check out our work respectively on bleedinggreennation.com and phillyvoice.com uh jimmy do you have anything here before the podcast ends i feel like you have a look on your face or something uh yeah so songbird rescue cat actually had a question on twitter wow uh oh i guess we already covered this uh i remember he had a question and i i like him so i was going to answer it (laughs) but he said how does a wide receiver fail a conditioning test so (laughs) like we don't know we don't know what the conditioning test was so my apologies can't answer that i don't have anything further All right. Well, the Eagles will be back at practice on Friday morning at 10 a.m. So then we will be back with you on Friday afternoon at some point with a podcast to listen to. So make sure you listen to that and don't miss it. And also, while we're here, let me tell you to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show, which actually it's up for a podcast award, Jimmy. Is it? Check out. Yeah, my Twitter page, I'm going to retweet a tweet that's going to kind of have the information on that. Um, it's not currently retweeted as we're recording this, so I will do that when right when we're done. Um, but yeah, so check all that out, and we will be back with you on Friday, which is tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. 
Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people 